All right, welcome back to another podcast. This is a Backlash Podcast. I'm Jeff with Team Rhino Outdoors. And if you want to check out my company, visit TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. My co-host today is Brad Hoppy with Musky Mayhem Tackle. And if you want to check out that company, check out MuskyMayhemTackle.com. So let's see here. What is it? It's Tuesday, the 29th of September. This comes out on Wednesday, September 30th. So I think we have literally like 12 hours to turn this episode around. That's got to be probably a new record, huh, Brad? I don't think we've ever cut it this close before, have we? You're probably right, Jeff. I I think we're we're pushing the envelope right now, that's for sure. But you know what? Hey, we're getting one out, and um, that's that's what we need to do, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we're barely getting one out, but we're gonna do some, we're gonna give you something this week. You know, a little brief synopsis. I've uh, I said yes to a little bit too much electrical work, and I've been a little too busy with that. And then, obviously, as we've talked about in numerous podcasts, the bait business is doing well. And then, so with that, uh, that's kind of like a perfect storm type deal. I had to go fishing in northern Wisconsin yesterday. So it's been uh, it's been a struggle. And I, I, I knew there was a little bit of a spot there. Like I said, we talked about last week that I planned ahead and we had things ahead, but we didn't have it far enough ahead. Hopefully... We will return to our normal, regularly scheduled guests and whatnot next week. But for this week, you just get Brad and I. So that means uh, we're just going to talk stupid for, I don't know, about a half an hour because Brad told me that he needs to go fishing and I need to go to a volleyball game for my daughter. So we're just going to talk a little bit about it. With that being said, um, Brad, why don't we talk? I know we had, I know we last week we talked a lot about um, a warm up that we were going to have. And we did have that warm up, and now it's um, pretty much done a little 180. So why don't you talk about how fishing was for your warm up? I can't talk so much about that. I can talk about how it was during a cold front yesterday, and quite honestly, it was actually pretty good. So why don't you talk about your warm up weekend, and then I'll talk about yesterday, and then uh, we can kind of talk about what to expect, I guess, for the next uh, cu- upcoming weeks. You know, obviously we can't see too far ahead, but. It definitely looks like we're going to be seeing turnover in northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, probably all of Minnesota. I'm guessing it really fairly soon, I'm assuming. If some of it's probably going to smaller lakes are possibly going to probably start turning, I would imagine, in the next week, wouldn't you think, Brad? You know, the scary thing about turnover is <laughs> normally it would be mid to the third week in October. And um, I'd say somewhere around October 15th to, say, the 25th. But it's so hard to say right now, Jeff. You know, I mean, yesterday, or I guess two days ago, I was on the water. I'm going to be out there here in an hour. But it, uh, we're still at 63-degree water. So our big major cold front is going to start happening on Thursday, the way it sounds here in Minnesota. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're going to have 30 degrees in the evenings uh, or all night, uh, 35 to 38 degrees. It's going to start cooling down things really quick. Generally speaking, you know, we're about 10 degrees from that turnover time frame for uh, surface temp. So, you know, that 50 to 54 degrees kind of seems like uh, when it actually starts to take place. The scary part is, is if you look at the extended forecast, it's supposed to warm back up in a week and a half. And with that, you know, the lake can sometimes flop and flop back over. So, who knows what's going to take place? Mother Nature's always got her plan. Yeah, that's a fact. And her plan last week was to throw us a bunch of heat. 
and from you know for the most part what i could tell is that heat wasn't a great thing for fishing through most of the people i talked to but this early cold front so far i can speak from experience yesterday was actually really good we were we i mean it, I, th- I went up to northern wisconsin i fished with jeff van Remortal. you'll see it on youtube at some point i'd like to tell you it'll be soon but i can't tell you that because i'm terrible at putting out a regular youtube schedule but anyways um we started the morning out smaller lake uh and it was it didn't take real long to catch fish and quite honestly i was surprised that jeff felt so strongly about top water it was a overcast day we didn't have a lot of rain on us in particular but on my way driving north it was raining pretty heavily much colder than what it had been over the weekend i think yesterday was maybe 50 55 at the most and so we started out the morning i think was jeff was throwing uh I'm just going to say it was probably a jerk bait or rubber. That was pretty much what we were throwing because then I was throwing a jerk bait. And he's like, nope, I think I'm feeling, I think I'm feeling top water. And it wasn't much more than 10 minutes later and he got a fish on top water. And then it was probably an hour and a half later and he got another fish on top water. So it just goes to show you that even if you have a cold front, it's still not a bad option apparently. Yeah, that's for sure, Jeff. I think a lot of times people think, oh, no, you know, the, the water temps are dropping. I got to switch gears, right? Well, what kind of took place throughout the whole month of September, I mean, everybody thinks of September as being the, the great blade bite and the top water bite. That's true. But, uh, you know, as our water temps continue to cool, I think speed becomes more of a factor than the bait does. And, uh, if, when we get into that turnover time frame, then I'm going to do some switch and I'm going to go to uh, jerk baits, um, even some crank baits that are going to twitch, as well as rubber. But, uh, you know, as long as we're kind of just chugging through this, it happens slower than we actually want to believe it happens. Um, blades can be effective. I mean, I've thrown blades two days before ice up and I'm still getting fish on them, but I'm going ultra slow with them. So, Think about your speed factor. When this temp starts to really cool down, slowing your bait presentation down is going to be a big key. So let's talk a little bit about slowing that down, Brad. So you're slowing it down. Are you are you literally just cranking it slower? Do you use a weighted leader to get it down farther? How deep in the water column is this bait running when you're when you're doing this ultra slow during colder water periods? Well, it depends. I mean, you can control some of that with your blade size as well. So if if I'm throwing like say tens, I'm throwing a double cowgirl, I might be in two feet of water. I can hover that thing right over top the weed tops. So no, I'm not using a weighted leader. The only time I've done that is when I'm fishing a really ultra steep break and I definitely want to get more and more depth out of it. And I'm going to get more depth by going slower, obviously. So that can be a factor. That's for sure. Yeah, and obviously with the, you know, the double tens, the double Colorado on that cowgirl, you're going to get a lot of lift out of it too. But, you know, again, like you said, you're still fishing shallow cover. So, I mean, apparently even later in the season, it does pay to to check those deeper or the, that shallower structure, I'm assuming, based off what you're telling me. Yeah, hands down. I mean, over the last three, well, the last couple of days I've been at home working in the shop. But, uh, you know, at the end of last week, we had that slow, slowly started cooling down a little bit. We've had a lot of weather, um, a bunch of low clouds, rain. And so, you know, without the sun, we're really not gaining any air temp, I guess, or water temp. 
Um, finally, the sun broke out today. Actually, today is a beautiful day. So I don't know. I'm anxious to see what's happening tonight. But I've seen a, quite a few sitters actually in like two to four feet of water. And our water is so clear, I can literally just see them sitting down there. And I've done some video of those fish just hanging out down there. It's been kind of neat. Um, so there is fish shallow, but I will say this, the fish that I did catch were deeper. So we were getting about two to five bites and I basically shut down fishing on Saturday evening and Sunday and Monday I've been off and today I'm going to try to shoot back out there for this evening yet. So I'm a little disappointed you haven't been on the water much this, this week, Brad. That's kind of sad. I mean, what, what are you turning over a new leaf hanging out in the shop too much or what? <laughs> Uh, sometimes I got to actually do some real work, Jeff. Wow. If, if I don't, um, I get some, uh, repercussion here at home, I guess. Yeah, I would say, well, <laughs> I mean, you could always tell Carrie that you've been manning the podcast for the last couple of weeks or I don't even know. I can't even tell you the last time we had Carrie on a podcast. It had to have been that Goldberg one. And we re we recorded that thing so long ago that it barely even, I mean, it barely even counts for her. Like, so I think, yeah, we're gonna, you know, it'll probably been almost an entire month where she actually shows up on the podcast. That's a valid point. Um, I can always bring that up and I, and I will, but no, you know, I mean, we've been slamming these things whenever we can, Jeff. So that's part of the problem. And then she was out West doing an elk hunt. So she got her little week vacation and came back to a pile of work. So she's been buried. Yeah, I'll let her slide. I understand. It's been, like I said, it's been a busy year. And again, I don't want to ever sound, make it sound like we're complaining. We're super thankful that it's been busy. It's very much appreciated. Again, you know, we say it every week. We really appreciate everybody that shops with Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Mayhem Tackle. And um, so, I mean, I, you know, again, when we can, when we talk about being busy, it's never a bad thing. It just sometimes uh, interrupts the flow. All right. So, Brad, I know, you know, all summer long, when things are hot and, and steaming, you're always looking forward to that initial cold front. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that played out for you as far as that? We'll, talk, we'll call it initial, but we've definitely seen some extremes lately between September was started out warm, then went cold, warmed up, definitely went cold right now. But why don't we talk about how, how I guess those transitions or extremes has played out for you on the water? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's so interesting, Jeff, like, like we've talked about in the past, always looking forward to that first cold front. Well, this particular year, I mean, mother nature threw his, her loop at us. I mean, you said it, we got a major cold front water temps dropped significantly and it was maybe a little bit more severe than I actually wanted, put it that way. And it kind of, it screwed things up for a couple days. But the fish bounced and they ended up going shallow and basically speed became a ma major factor. We were really burning and the faster we could burn, the more fish we were putting in the boat. It kind of reminded me of the old Mille Lacs days up on the sand where we were burning baits as fast as you could. The fastest bait going through was the one that was going to catch. And so we kind of had that going on. Then it came to another warm up. Well, that warm up pushed the fish back out. They kind of went back out to the breaks. They were in that 15, even the 20 foot mark. And amazingly enough, I was marking quite a few of them on side imaging off the side of the boat. And, and I did end up getting a 360 and started seeing some fish out off the side of the boat with that. 
So it's been kind of interesting. I'm, uh, I'm wishing that it would just kind of settle down, but here we go again. We're going to have another cold front and this one's looking like it's going to be really major. I don't know what's going to take place. Honestly, I, I'm kind of got mixed emotions. I was thinking maybe these fish would go ultra shallow again, but man, Jeff, we've just had, you know, so much flip-flops, boom, 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 boom. And it, I don't know what they're going to do right now. They're kind of sitting on the brakes for me and they're cooperating. I'm going to guess that, uh, this cold front's going to throw another wrench in it for two, three days. That's for sure. Okay. Well, so let's talk a little bit about that. So two, three days is going to get us till about, you know, the weekend. So for people that are listening and they're looking to get out this weekend, what kind of game plan do you think you could go with to try to help them put fish in the net? I mean, cause like you said, you're still going to be dealing with, for sure, cold temperatures. I think I saw 40s, you know, somewhere in that for highs in the northern part, or even I think in where I'm at right now, I think is somewhere in that ballpark for this weekend. What uh, what would you do? I mean, how much time would you spend shallow? How much time would you spend deep? In I guess maybe just kind of offer up uh, some suggestions on helping catch a couple fish this weekend. Honestly, if it, if I was just you know from last weekend to this weekend. I wouldn't change a whole lot from what they were doing last weekend, but I might change my speed. And hopefully they've got more than one person in the boat. You can get those guys on the front kind of making things happen fast. And then the guy in the back where he's not going to be disturbing the guys in the front, slowing things down. But uh, I wouldn't change or alter a whole lot from what they were doing last weekend. So if they had a bait that they really were doing good on last weekend, you're going to still want to throw that, but you might need to slow it down a little bit. And I would definitely start where you were because I mean, for the most part, it's been somewhat consistent. My fear is, is that when the bottom drops out this Thursday, uh, things, you know, the fish are just going to really slow down their metabolisms. It's hard to say what they're going to do. Um, but I'm definitely going to check the shallows because the shallows could provide the extra warmth for that fish and when they're looking for that warmth they're going to slide in there shallow and try to figure something out there rock piles are going to become a big key factor and the greenest of the green weeds that you can find if you can find some really healthy cabbage beds right on the edge of that sand definitely check those out as well and how about you know for guys that are looking to get out and do some trolling is this is this typically a time that you spend doing that or are you going to pretty much spend most of your time on the water casting right now I'm going to continue casting. I will cast until probably right after turnover, actually, Jeff. Um, once it turns over and things have settled down and we know that, you know, the, the, the water temps are going to remain because one of the problems, like we just said a little bit ago, if the lake is continuing to flip-flop back and forth, that during that time frame, I'm going to go ultra shallow and look for the cleaner water. And I think, I can't remember who we were talking to, but... You know, they brought up a valid point some time ago about how the lake doesn't completely flip all at one time. So you're going to look for different areas on your body of water or maybe change bodies of water. But during that turnover time frame, a lot of times those fish will go up into the reeds and the shallow weeds and kind of just hang out there. This is also one of those times where if you're a river angler, you you don't worry about turnover. You just keep doing what you're doing. And you just keep chasing the fish the same as you always did on those rivers. Like this was, this was a perfect time 
early October was a great time when I was fishing rivers more often. I would just go fish a river and I would let the lakes turn over. And then that would be, I would just, that's what I would do. And obviously it's not an option for everybody, but if you do have the option and you're familiar with rivers, now is a perfect time to hit them up. Yeah. Hands down, Jeff. I mean, that, that is the beauty of a river. That's for sure. And I know a couple different river rats here in the state of Minnesota and they're just smiling right now. They're having a really good time on the river. So not a bad place to pick. That's for sure. Especially with this, this big cold front coming, um, definitely going to be more secure. So Brad, I know over here in Wisconsin, running suckers is a kind of a big deal and it's, you know, fairly used it. I know over in Minnesota, you guys only allow one line per person. So do you, is, you know, is deploying suckers, is that as big of a deal over there as what it is over here? You know, I'd say it's a growing, uh, part of the sport, but, uh, myself, I don't usually play with the live meat. Um, it's not my gig. I've done it. I've experienced it. Um, I always tell people and it rubs them the wrong way. I'll tell them I'm not trying to feed them. I'm trying to catch them. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's some guys already over here playing with some suckers and I've heard of some fish being caught on them. In my opinion, it's just a hair early, but, uh, you know, they're getting caught on them. So who knows? But I would say this, the guys that are actually using suckers at this point, at least in my area, Real baits are actually out fishing the sucker at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Based off what I've heard on the water right now is that um, because we're still in the lower 60s, most guys that are running suckers are still doing better on live ba- or on artificial baits, you know, whether it be whatever, bucktails, topwater. I mean, right now it's still one of those times where you could literally be throwing everything in, in your box, essentially. I wouldn't put necessarily rule any of it out 100%. Like I said, I mean, Yesterday, we were catching them on top water in 50-degree weather after it had, you know, went from 80 degrees a couple days earlier. Right. You know, one of the things to think about, you know, I keep talking about speed, but think about a sucker. It's hanging out down there, and it's just kind of slowly moving around. And a lot of times, I mean, I was just talking to Greg Thomas not too long ago here, a week ago or so, and he's playing with a live scope watching his sucker and he can see how many muskies are coming up to it. He's have like five to 10 muskies a day come up, give the, give the sucker a sniff, but they're not committing to it whatsoever. And, um, I don't know, you know, that slow movement, it kind of goes back to my idea of slowing your baits down. Yeah, I would say, and the one thing I'm looking forward to is actually, since I got my pan optics, I'm actually hopeful that October isn't super, super busy as far as, um, you know, allowing me to get on the water and I, I'm anxious to see how jigging like bondy baits and stuff and running suckers with the pan optics works out. I, I'm, I'm super anxious to see that. I think it's a little early for me to say that I would commit to deep water jigging just because I don't feel that, I don't feel that they've made that transition out yet. I mean, things have cooled, but it still takes a little while. These fish don't, well, I don't want to say they don't move overnight because that's a lie. They do, but typically they don't. It's it, that pattern takes a little bit longer to develop. You need a little bit more sustained cold. Is that something that you've been playing with quite a bit, Jeff? Doing the jigging side. It is when I get to roughly, I'd say mid October. Yeah, it's it's boring. It's weird because I don't want to say like it's the most exciting way to catch muskies. It's quite honestly, it's not. 
but when you catch one, it's there's something cool about catching one on a on a bondy bait. I don't know what it is about it. It's just it's cool. I mean, it's not it's not a vicious strike, like you can get a, a buck, you know, on a bucktail. It's just it's effective because sometimes, like you said, your your movements are slower. You're you can definitely control your. I mean, you can control your speed and you can control your depth really well with a jig. So that's why I like it. Now I've never been able to do it with panoptics, which is. I think is going to be kind of cool. Usually I would just take, you know, I'm just using my regular sonar, go to the back of the boat where the transducer is, and I'll just jig it right there below the transducer. So I've done that before. It's cool. It's not, I'm guessing the panoptics part of it's going to probably be a little bit cooler. I hope, I think it will be anyways. Yeah, it should be, uh, it should be interesting to, to play with that. I, I think the reason that that bite's kind of cool is because it's a vertical presentation. I mean, think about that. How else? I mean, I don't know. I, I think I've never done the Bondi thing like you're talking, but I did do it with the Fuzzy Dozits back in the day. I don't know if you've seen those, Jeff. Oh, yeah. We carry them. Yep. Yeah. That's another option. And I don't know. It doesn't get much glamour, if you will, anymore, but definitely um, kind of in that same ballpark. And I've caught fish doing it. It's interesting. It really is. And, and a lot of times it was later yet, you know, in the mid to end of November when things are starting to ice up and things couldn't get a fish to bite anything, but that jigging method actually closed the deal. You know, we, we got fish doing it. So, so just another option to think about. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's a little early for those patterns to set up. I mean, it's always, you know, with, it's one of those things where I'm certain that there's certain lakes where the muskies don't, not all, not all of them come shallow, much like we talked about. I think it was with Herbie a couple weeks back, back, and I said, well, just because everything's shallow, or maybe it was Goldberg, I don't remember. Anyways, we talked to so many people, I can't remember them all. You know, I said, do you think everything comes shallow? And he's like, no, I think if you were still out fishing deep, you'd probably still do it. So maybe it's, you know, it's worth checking out. For me, it's always just a matter of just driving around with your, with your, um, just driving around with your boat, watching your electronics. In my case, lately with the side imaging, I've actually been driving around long enough where I will side image a muskie over, you know, basically tending to the bait in deeper water. And then obviously that gives me a little bit more confidence in my selection. It doesn't always happen. But when I do, you know, when I do notice that, then I'm like, okay, great. I know there's muskies out here in deep water. Now it's just a matter of, I don't want to say waiting them out, but it's kind of a matter, it's just a waiting game in a sense to see if you can get one to strike. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to for me when I get late, you know, I'd say mid October to late October for me personally. And now get the, you know, don't take everything I say as gospel. You probably want to listen to Brad a little more than me because he's the guide around here. I'm just a weekend warrior, but I'm fishing lots. I'm fishing less spots and I'm fishing them more thoroughly and I'm waiting them out more. Whereas in this, you know, the whatever early fall, summertime i'm going to move around more spots i still fish overall slower because i typically fish with only myself or one person so i don't have um i don't have the ability to just burn with three guys in a boat you know chucking top waters and bucktails and stuff and moving quick but i uh i fish more thoroughly anyways but i definitely camp on spots more so in the fall i don't like i don't know if that's bad or good but I will, uh, I feel confident in certain spots. I can mark muskies and bait and whatever, and I'll, I'll literally hang out until one or two of them are going to bite. 
Well, I think the big part that you just said there, Jeff, is locating the fish. Once you once you know you're on a muskie, there's probably multiples there. And so leaving that spot, you know, it doesn't make sense. That's the hard part. And I can tell you last week, I mean, we had that same problem. I was talking about how the fish, we knew they were shallow. I mean, we were visually seeing them, but uh, they weren't eating. So we made some changes and guess what? We started catching fish in the deep water. So there's a time and a place, right? But I, I can tell you, honestly, we burnt probably a day and a half screwing around with these fish in the shallow that we could visually see they just weren't moving we'd have a couple follows here and there but none of them were like serious about eating as soon as we slid out we actually started catching so it's a tough battle for every angler i don't care who you are do you leave fish to go find fish and sometimes you have to yeah i would definitely agree with you sometimes you do have to and i mean because sometimes those fish aren't gonna bite but like I said, in the in the fall, the one thing it seems like for me personally is just that it seems like the windows are shorter, but they can be more intense. And you, you they're not, I don't want to say they're not always moon related, but it doesn't seem like they're maybe as heavily related to the moon for me. That's not to say that you I'm not going to fish them, but I don't, in the fall, your days are short anyways. I mean, yesterday we had daylight from... 6 30 maybe to 7 o'clock at night 7 15 7 30 it wasn't real late so you're only getting 12 hours anyways so for me in the fall in the summer i'll i'll take breaks during the middle of the day if there's no moon activity in the middle of the day i'll i know that's maybe not the right thing to do i have a better chance if i pound all day but i'm going to take that break whereas in the fall i don't because i don't know when that window exactly is going to open up because i've seen windows open up often in the fall seems like more so with me just like I would say randomly, you know, just for whatever reason. I don't know why they open, but they do. And it's not necessarily moon related. So in the fall, especially when it gets to October now, your days are just getting short. I'm just staying on the water all day long and just and grinding it out because you never know when your window is going to open up. I would definitely agree with, agree with that, Jeff. You know, it's weird. There's no doubt about it. The windows seem to get a little bit tighter as the water temp starts to cool down. Um, one of the things that I would say, you know, I've said this for years, but you, about the time that you get it figured out when the bite window is, you know, you can say, oh, it's the, the AM minor or it's always exactly um, at three o'clock last year. I mean, think about that. Why for a month and a half, two months, I kept catching fish at like five o'clock or six o'clock every day. And when I started talking to other guides about it, they were like, man, we had that same window almost for a month, month and a half, something like that. Pay attention to all those little details throughout the whole season. And about the time the season comes to an end, you think you got it figured out and then it changes from the next year. So, but I will say this to everybody out there, my AM miners have been very critical and I don't know what it is, but, the AM minor for me this year has been solid. Uh, I believe that's what it was yesterday. I think it was the AM minor. I'm, I'm assuming I'll have to double check it, but I think that it was yesterday too. Most of our activity yesterday was moon related. So once we had that window disappear, the afternoon moon window didn't really produce much, but we, we, we shifted to a different lake, lower density, um, higher, you know, higher probability that if you contact one, it's going to be a little nicer one. So we're just playing the game. I mean, since since we bagged two yesterday, of course, musky guys, you know, it's one of those stupid things, Brad. 
leave fish to find fish. So that's what we did. We we left fish to find fish, which is the cardinal cardinal rule you don't want to break, but we did it anyways. I guess it happens once in a while. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, and it sounds like it paid off. Well, it paid off in the morning. It definitely didn't pay off in the afternoon to leave fish to find fish, but it's, you know, sometimes you got to do that. That's what you do to, you know, to put, you know, potential of a larger fish in the net. Sometimes you want to just, you know, like if you go out musky fishing, you want, you know, like the goal for me is always to catch one and then it's to catch multiple, but it's also to catch a bigger one than the first, you know, than the first one. So. Yeah, that's all valid points. I mean, if you're playing in the nursery, uh, more than likely you're not going to get the big one. So it's <laughs> definitely something to think about. Well, I'm playing in Wisconsin. Isn't that the whole thing, the nursery, Brad? Isn't that how that goes? No, I would never say that. Um, you guys have great fisheries over there. <laughs> you know, you guys get all that heat for that all the time. But, you know, you can't trade the beauty and some of the other things that you guys have to offer over there. Minnesota has been blessed, that's for sure. But... uh we, we have good, fast-growing, thick fish, that's for sure. I will say as much heat as Wisconsin gets for, you know, small fish, I've seen, we, we haven't caught them, but I've seen more, you know, 45-plus-inch fish this season, man, than I have in a long, long time. And I've even seen more and more guys, you know, catching inland 50s, inland 49s, inland 49.5s 40, for Wisconsin is crazy because... Typically, those are reserved for Green Bay. I mean, if you want an absolute shot at a giant, it's no secret. Green Bay is the place to go. But it seems like the northern Wisconsin lakes, even some of those smaller ones the last couple of years have just been producing some nicer quality fish. And it's not Minnesota, but they're, like Brad said, there's also certain instances where, I mean, the fact that we can drive in, you know, if we go up to, let's just say, Oneida County or Vilas County, I mean, there's, I don't even know how many musky lakes, tons of them. Whereas in Minnesota, you guys don't have that from what I'm aware of. Yeah, you know, you could say that, Jeff. I mean, there's certain areas that have a ton of fish, that's for sure, and, and lakes with fish. But, you know, like in my area, I'm about a half hour away from two other musky lakes, um, three others, actually. And then uh, it's it's more like pockets, this is this program was set up in this area. This set this program was set up in this area. So if I drive an hour, I can hit two or three other lakes. Um, if I drive two hours, I can hit a, punch, a bunch of different lakes. So I, you guys are blessed in the a- aspect that you can go 15 minutes here, you can go 20 miles here, and on the way to that 20 miles, you're probably going by three other musky lakes. That's a fact. I know if I go up by my camper and I'll just say I, I circle right around Pelican Lake, I go like one hour radius around there. I don't even know how many musky lakes I could tell you I could hit. Probably 200. I'm, guess, I'm guessing if I could, you know, go one hour away from my camper in every direction, it would probably be for sure, I would guess, somewhere in that ballpark. Not to mention how many miles of river that have muskies in them. Yeah, it's wild to think about. I mean, it's really cool. Obviously, that's the reason uh, the state fish is the muskie in Wisconsin. Apparently. Maybe next year I'll actually be able to explore some of that river with a jet boat. I'm not going to make any promises, but since I haven't talked about jet boats in a while, I figure I'd bring that up. I, I keep I want to keep dangling that carrot. My wife keeps telling me, sell the toughie. You can get a jet boat whenever you want. So I told her, we only go forward when it comes to adding boats into the fleet. Right, Brad? Never backwards. 
That is very true. Um, if you do sell one, it's to replace something. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I just, you had a couple of your Green Bay boys over here by my neck of the woods. But for two weeks, I guess, they left Sunday. But anyway, those guys, they were talking to me that uh, one of them was saying that you might sell that tuppy. I mean, there's that rumor. My wife keeps talking about me selling it. I mean, I'm, I should have sold it this year because I didn't have it anyways. Steve with the recon deal, I think he had it for probably two plus months, three months, something like that. I had seen a guy down Green Bay looking for a boat, and he was willing to pay $100 a day for a bunch of different qualifications. So I screenshotted that, and I sent it over to Steve, and I said, man, you owe me a lot of money. <laughs> so was that 90 days probably at 100 bucks a day? So that's... I mean, that would have went a long ways to getting a good down payment on a jet boat right there had he come through. Yeah, hands down. As long as he had it, might have paid for it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy deal. I, I heard about that this last week, too. So did he, uh, hopefully he's not selling this boat now that he just got it. Um, I didn't know what kind of cycle he's on. Is he on an every other year? Or? Yeah, he, he typically is going to go every other year, I think, on his recon. But now that, because he got it so late, I think he got this one titled as, it, I think it was like one of the first 2021s that they came out with. So it's possible that he might just keep it even an extra year. Because, I mean, it's, you know, this year it's only going to have like two months worth or so roughly of, you know, guiding out of it. So it's still relatively new for, a, you know, as far as a guide boat's concerned. So I'm guessing maybe he'll stick it out for a little while. But yeah, with Steve and his recon deal, you know, with all the, stuff going on and Evanrude going out of business that made it even worse because every recon was having Evanrudes on him before and then they abruptly go out of business and so he was kind of left scrambling for a motor and if you knew about Mercury's I think Mercury's were difficult to find even before I can't imagine it just got any easier yeah it's been a wild year I mean if you drive by any uh, marinas of any sort there's hardly anything left in the showrooms or out, you know, as for used boats. So boats went, uh, went out the door this year. Yeah. And hopefully we got people, I know you and I talked about it earlier today about, you know, like maybe we're going to see a, a, a boom a little bit in the fishing industry part of things with new people rediscovering their passion for the outdoors and fishing and things like that. Maybe it'll be less about, you know, chasing little Jimmy to a baseball game and they'll be like, you know, last summer we really enjoyed going camping and fishing and taking the boat out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So maybe, maybe it'll help see a little bit of resurgence. Only time will tell, but there was definitely a lot of people enjoying the outdoors this year. And that was, I mean, I'm assuming that's part of why you've been busy and we've been busy and every other single person within the fishing industry we talked to is busy. I'm guessing it's because while well, there was nothing else to do, but hopefully it Hopefully some people stick in the industry that way too. Hands down. I mean, that's what it's about. We'd love to see the growth and hopefully they did enjoy themselves this year. And Who knows what next year is going to bring, but uh, it's, it's cool to see people out and doing the outdoor thing again. Absolutely. So Brad, speaking of the outdoors, I think it's about that time. You got to get off to the water. I got to go watch my daughter play volleyball. And then I got to come home and try to get this podcast up before five in the morning. So, um, you got any, anything you want to hit up before we get out of here? I can't think of anything off the top of my head, Jeff, but you know, uh, like we've always said, just pay attention to the detail, get after it. 
and stay focused and, and positive and it's going to happen. And once again, we thank you all for listening to the podcast. We, uh, you know, we can't, can't thank you all enough for doing that. And hopefully you guys all have a great weekend chasing muskies down and we'll see y'all with hopefully with a guest next Wednesday. Thanks for listening.